Blog Talk Radio.
I love your holy name. I just love Jesus. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Lord's hour. What a beautiful what a beautiful Jesus. Give him give him some praise. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise, brothers and sisters. We serve a mighty God. He's such a he's such a merciful and mighty savior. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. You're so mighty, Lord, to be praised. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Lord's hour. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Lord's hour, brothers and sisters. And um I'm I'm going to start off with some good praise music and um I got to say, you know, this time of year, um people uh say that, you know, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th and we all most of us should be should know this. And if not, it's okay. You know, we, we're not here supposed to be on know-it-alls, and we're not supposed to know everything. But, you know, I I, I worship more of Christ. I, I want more of Christ 365 days a year. And when we look at the word Christmas, Christmas, if you look at the ending, mas, Christmas, Christmas, M-A-S, in Spanish and Latin, it means more of. Just so you know, in Latin, mas means more of. So when you put Christ with mas, what we're saying is more of Christ. And then, and then I I understand there's Christians out there where oh, oh brother Pablo, it's it's a pagan holiday and it's pagan and it's pagan. Well, I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, I'm going to celebrate the Jesus out of Christmas. (laughs) I'm going to celebrate the Jesus out of Christmas because we have a uh, we are in a time where we have the resident uh, or the president, whatever you want to call him, uh, Barack and St. Obama, before his second term, he he stated in a speech that he was going to win the war on Christmas. So we have here this guy who wants to win the war on Christmas. And, uh, you know, he might possibly be the Antichrist for all we know. I mean, I know there's a bunch of signs out there that are pointing to this guy. And um, I know people uh, say, no, it's going to be... Erdogan or somebody else, and and I understand that you know um, uh, it might be someone else. However, I got to tell you, um, he wants to win the war on Christmas. Why a war on Christmas? And then now there are Christians out there that that are against Christmas. So we have to think out the box. We got to be wise as serpents, uh, gentle as a dove. And I celebrate more of Christ every, every day. I want more of Christ, and um, uh, I'm going to use this this day, the 25th. And and if you were to see a picture of my house, I think I posted it on Facebook. On the outside of my house, I have the star of Bethlehem, bright shining brightly. I have Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, the nativity scene. 
and um, and some lights. And so, as you can see, I am celebrating the Jesus out of Christmas. And when we dig a little deeper and we listen to some of the songs, we can understand why um, they want to, why the president declared war on Christmas. Some of the most wonderful worship songs um, are around this time of year. So I'm going to play a couple worship songs, and let's give him praise and worship. You see, I spoke last week about how we enter the gates through thanksgiving. We enter into the gates in the courtyard through thanksgiving. However, the altar of incense in the Holy of Holies is praise and worship. The cherubim, the seraphim in, 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 in Isaiah 6 sing, Holy, 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 brothers and sisters. Praise is how we enter into the, into the holy of holies. The altar of incense is praise and worship, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go ahead and praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And this time of year on the 25th, I know it's not the day he was born. And really nobody knows. I mean, there's so much arguments and so much people, you know, uh, uh, Christianity seems to be the, one of the main religions. Or, you know, I don't even like to call it a religion because it's not. However, there is a religious spirit that has taken over for man's traditions and doctrines of man. They have taken over. The Catholic Church has managed to governmentalize it, has managed to compartmentalize it, has managed to make parts of it a schism. And, and part of those that have been uh, traditions of men that have the religious spirit, they're going to want to... Uh, argue and come against each other and and it now is not the time to be coming against each other the body of Christ is different let there be no schism in the body of Christ we should all be be taking care of one another looking out for one another lo loving one another and if we don't if we don't like what one another says we don't argue we pray for that brother we pray for that sister we don't we don't we don't come against them with with with, with arguments or debates we go in our prayer rooms. We go in our secret place and we pray for the brother. We pray for the brethren. We pray for the sisters. We 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 live in a spirit of love. We 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 we're vessels of the Holy Ghost. We're vessels of Yeshua Mashiach. We are vessels of His love and power and glory, His dunamis power, brothers and sisters. So let's let us practice these things. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna give you a special message tonight. And just to show you exactly on how um, the promises and blessings really, really um, come out of, of the kingdom and what Jesus has done for us. What Yeshua Mashiach, uh, Ruach HaGodesh, Jesus Christ, Yahusha Mashiach, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has done for us, brothers and sisters. What a mighty, mighty, mighty Savior, Abba. Papa, I love you and I thank you for your son, Jesus. Let us let us let us listen to these beautiful songs and then you're gonna see why why this guy wants to declare war on Christmas. <laughs> Praise Jesus. to the Lord. Joyful and 
Thank you, Jesus Christ, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your Son, Lord Jesus. Lord Father, we want to be good stewards, Lord Jesus. 
last song, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, then we'll get into the training. Oh, no, that's not it. Hold on. Here we go. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
You're so amazing, Lord Father. Oh, Jesus, you're so amazing, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord God. I love you so much, Lord. Brothers and sisters, you know, it's amazing what what has happened. We have some friends of our family that have lost their little baby. She is, uh, she would have been, she would have turned one years old in about a week from now. And, um, and the father, you know, he believes in the Lord and he made a video and he said something very profound. Um, he was saying that, you know, people would blame God and they'll blame Jesus, they'll blame the creator that if he's so good, how can he take a little baby like that? How can he take her life? And some people say, you know, if your God is so good, how can there be cancer? And how can there be these things and that things? And how can he take these lives and our family's lives, our little baby's life, or son or daughter's life? Well, you know something? God gave his only son. God released his only son to come down into this earth to come off his throne, to come down to this earth to die a death like no other. Our father gave his son, willingly gave his son, so that he would save the world. And he suffered a gruesome, horrible death so that we will be saved. Praise Jesus. We're going to talk today about stewardship, brothers and sisters. You know, there comes a time when we, when we, when we're believers and and our our um, our DNA is changed. We we put on the incorruptible, the everlasting, the eternal spirit. We get off the external. We we go from a corrupted seed to an incorruptible seed. And then we go through the through the motions of uh, new believers and coming to the Lord. And um, people uh, go through their repentance, and, and 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 it seems like you know it takes years, sometimes longer for others, sometimes shorter for others, um, to to understand this whole thing. And and I'm even one of them. It took me a long time. I'm 41 years old, and. Um, let us look at seven Daniel chapter 7, verse 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the Kodeshim. Kodeshim means set apart ones, the remnant, the holy ones, the saints of the Most High. Um, I like to uh, put it to 1 Peter 2, 9, Isaiah 60, 1 and 2. Um, those are the my favorite ones. Um, but in Daniel 7, 27, it says, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the Kodeshim of El Elyon, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the Kodeshim of El Elyon, the people, the kingdom under the heavens shall be given. If the kingdom under the whole heavens shall be given to us, the Kodeshim, 
How do we know if we are the Kodeshim? How do we know? Is is, is there something that can tell us? How do we know? Is is it is is, is it going to be inherited? Is how? I mean, this is such a wonderful promise that the Lord gives us in Daniel seven verse twenty seven. And if not, and if we're not the Kodeshim, if we're not, and we're we're we are questioning if not, then how do we become the Kodeshim to inherit the kingdom under the whole heaven? And that kingdom is going to be for a thousand years. We're going to reign and rule with Christ. Well, first, brothers and sisters, let us look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 26. Because before we, before I, I, I break it down for you, let us first understand how to be good stewards so that when the time comes and the Lord is ready to pick his rulers, his kings, his lords, his princes, his royal priests, when it comes time and the new millennium, the age of the glory, the, the dispensation of the glory age, the dispensation of the kingdom glory, when that time comes, let us see how we can be a steward. Let us see how we can be the Kodeshim that will inherit the earth under the whole heaven, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Matthew 25, 14 through 26. Praise Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who has called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Notice here in 21, he says over a few things. He didn't say because you were faithful over everything, because you were faithful over all the things I expected you to be uh, faithful for. No, 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 no. He said, for you were faithful over a few things. You see, so he's not even he's not even requiring us to be perfect, brothers and sisters. And I will make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of your Lord. And in verse 22, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of your Lord. And then in 24, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you, you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was, af and I was afraid 
and I was prepping, and I put everything away so that nobody can see it, so that nobody will know that I have anything. I hid it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Those are my words. Uh, verse 25, And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money oh, with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received my own with interest. Well, I don't know about, uh, I guess Jesus uh, said the bankers there, uh, maybe they had a, a good banking system. You know, it was probably a decent system, not like the ones we have now where where you don't get no interest. In a matter of fact, they're going to start doing negative interest rates. And I really don't trust the bankers no more. So, And I really don't like what they're doing. You know, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, all those people, they're all evil, evil, evil people on this earth. So basically, the moral of the story is, um, you know, sow good seed on the earth. Become fruitful. Are you are you sowing seeds in people's lives? Are you are you uh, bearing fruit? Are you advancing the kingdom of the Lord? Are you doing the little things that the Lord has asked you to do? When you see someone at your job, when you see someone on the side of the road, when you when you run into someone and you feel that urge to say something, when you feel that 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 feeling in your inner man and from your belly, and it overflows into your heart. And then, and then it wants to. It wants to. The pressure starts building up, and you see the. You feel the pressure building up inside of you, and you want to let it out and open up your mouth and let it out and speak to someone, and you speak to that someone, and and you sow a seed into their heart, and you share with them the word of God. Are you Are you doing these things? Because if you are, then you are on the path to righteousness. You are on the. You are on the right righteous path to the Kodeshim, and Yahavah Sikenu will honor you. And he will he will say, "Good job, my my faithful servant. For you were faithful in a few. Now come, enter you, and receive your inheritance." Now let us look at, um, I believe, is Matthew twenty. Matthew twenty. Now this is a good word right here. Matthew twenty in verse one. I'll give you all a chance to go there. Hallelujah. Matthew 20 in verse 1. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. 
And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received the denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the heat of the day, and but he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. You see, brothers and sisters, for those out there that are afraid that they came in at the last minute, for those that think that they wasted their whole life, and they come in here in the last minute and they think that they're not significant enough or they're not significant to get the rewards in the kingdom or they're not significant to to gain an inheritance or a crown or uh, uh, or anything. Well, in this story here in Matthew 20, beginning of verse 1, the, the, the owner of the vineyard is saying, you know, even those that come in and only worked for one hour, they came at the last minute. They only did one hour at the end of the day from a nine-to-five job. They only came in at four o'clock. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what time you came in. It doesn't matter if you were late. It doesn't matter if you just joined in last year. It doesn't matter if you joined in three months ago. As long as you realize that the Lord has called you, as long as you realize that you are chosen, that you are a royal priesthood, that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, peculiar, a peculiar people, that he called us out of darkness and into the light. If you realize that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a Jesusite, and you do his will now, and you surrender your life now, you live your life as a daily sacrifice now, and when you feel those utterances in your belly, overflowing into your heart, bubbling up into your throat. Open your mouth and speak those things. And do the Lord's will. Do the Lord's bidding. Be his vessel. Although the hour is late, your rewards in heaven will be great. <laughs> Although the hour is late, your rewards in heaven will be great. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, you get you get the drift of what I'm saying. We serve such a wonderful Lord that he's not... He, it's just, it's just really amazing, and it's humbling. It's such a humbling, amazing feeling. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, and we know that we all are part of the Kodeshim now, we should all know that you're part of the Kodeshim. Now let us look at what a Kodeshim person looks like. Let us look at what stewardship looks like, and then I'm going to break down stewardship. Because once I break that down, it is so amazing what Jesus Christ has done for us. It is so amazing how the Father, uh, how he looks upon us, how, oh my gosh, it is really something else. And, 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 and what we're seeing in the world, we're seeing the transition, you see. Because when this, when this dispensation comes, the transition, the head is going to go and be the tail. Uh, maybe the tail in the lake of fire or, or wherever... Whatever happens is going to happen uh, if they don't repent. 
However, the head is going to be the tail, and those that have been oppressed and that have been last shall be first, just like I read in Matthew 20. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first, brothers and sisters. Let us turn to 1 Corinthians 13. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 13. Praise Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, uh, when we speak in when we speak in the tongues, the um, uh, the spiritual language, those that's the language of angels, brothers and sisters. There are some out there that don't believe in it. However, I believe is is, is one of the spiritual gifts. It's a gift of God, and I got to tell you from my own experience, when I pray in the spirit in my prayer closet. Some mighty things happen. Um, declarations, decrees come out, and people, the Lord brings people to me that I need to pray for and intercede for. So, okay, though I speak, verse 13, uh, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long that's an agape love we have an agape love suffers long and is kind love does not envy love does not parade itself love is not puffed up prideful arrogant we don't argue with people we pray for them we show them mercy we show them love and we pray for them love does not behave rudely does not seek its own love is not provoked thinks no evil Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. You know, one of my favorite, I mean, it's just so, I mean, it's telling us right here, and, and, and yes, the Lord gives his, his men, his daughters and sons and daughters, revelations and shows us things to come and and uh but we have these people that argue these prophecies and they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth i mean there's so many different ways of going back and forth i tell you i i i don't even i don't even do that that is because like it even says here in uh first corinthians 13:8 Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. You see, one thing that, that people fail to realize out of all these prophecies, and, you know, we, we, we pray and we ask for the rhema word, and the Holy Spirit shows us um, revelations and prophecies. However, uh, man's free will, okay, when man's free will, like Jonah, for example, when Jonah... Uh, uh, was told to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go to Nineveh, and the Lord, uh, the Lord chastised him, dumped him in the water, 
uh, put him in the in the whale or the fish, and then he then he got him spit out right there on the beach on the on the seaside of Nineveh, because Nineveh was about to get wrath because they were evil people, and Jonah was sent there to tell the people to repent with sackcloth and ashes. And if not, if they didn't repent, then, then the wrath was to come. Instead, they repented, they prayed, and they repented in sackcloth and ashes. And they were given another 150 years, brothers and sisters. Is this going to happen here now? I doubt it. You know, probably not because uh, there's been some major abominations that have occurred. However, you know, with love, with Yahavah, I mean, who who knows? Because we can argue these prophecies all day long, and the Lord shows us things. And um, and uh, you know, I don't go back and forth with with people, but sometimes with man's free will, and and Jonah was mad. Jonah got mad that God, that Yahavah, had mercy on Nineveh. He even got upset. However, the Lord still had mercy because the free will of the people was to repent in sackcloth and ashes from the, from the top down, and then the Lord had mercy. So, okay, so, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love should be on every one of you Kodeshim's uh, vessel, in your mouth, in your heart, in your belly. Love should consume you. Love should be the element of which we walk in. The best, the best way to exercise faith is by living in love, by sh- by showing forgiveness, by having mercy on people, by showing mercy, by showing forgiveness, by 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 not being rude, by being long-suffering, agape, we are walking in love. That is a major faith um, uh, currency in the in the in the in the heavenly realm, and and you're just you're just building up your rewards by doing this as the Kodeshim. Uh, ver, uh, chapter fourteen: Pursue love, pursue love, and desire spiritual gifts. How many out there are desiring spiritual gifts? Um, amen. How many are desiring spiritual gifts? Love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Because these things are coming to you, brothers and sisters. You're going to see how it's going to start manifesting here soon. And we are the stewards. We are the ones to bring it. We are the Kodeshim. I explained to you it's not too late. Is not uh, uh, you're not late in the game. If you just joined us, you are in perfect timing. 
However, the Lord wants you to be a good steward of all that he's given you. Not in everything. You don't got to be perfect in everything. But in the, in, in the few things, you were found faithful. So he will count you faithful over everything that he's going to give you. Okay. Luke 12, 8 and 9. Luke 12, 8 and 9. Praise Jesus. When we speak the name of Jesus, when we try to bring people to Jesus... That is a mighty weapon. That is a mighty weapon for the Kodeshim. And if you love everybody around you in agape love, a long-suffering love, if you're, if you're walking out in this love, brothers and sisters, then you want people to get saved. Because, because to know the mind of Christ is to want people to get saved. To know the mind of Christ is to have a long-suffering on people. You know, when, when the Lord woke me up, when Yahavah woke, woke finally, I mean, he woke me up in such a way that was unbelievable. He had to break me down to build me up. And when, when, when I got the mind of Christ, I mean, I just, I pray for my, my postal lady. I pray for my neighbors. I pray for people I see walking down the street. I pray for, I, I feel sorry for everybody that's lost. I pray for people that are lost. I'm at a soccer game with my boys playing soccer. I'm praying for every all the families, all the people in the soccer games. I'm praying for. I pray every every time I turn around, I see somebody. I'm praying for them. If I see somebody riding a bike, I'm praying for them. If I see if I see a, a plane in the sky spraying chemtrails, I'm remitting the sins of that of that pilot. I'm remitting the sins of that pilot, remitting the curses, and 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 uh, rebuking those. Those um, those chemtrails, and I'm renouncing those chemtrails, and I'm putting a shield up to shield my family, my neighborhood from those chemtrails. But I'm praying for that pilot. I'm praying for the pilot to come and know the Lord. I'm praying for these evil, wicked, worldly rulers to know the Lord because they don't want to burn in hell forever. They don't want to be a reprobate mind where the Lord says enough and kicks them out and separates them into the goats. You see, they're goat worshippers. The pentagram is a there's a goat in there. The bathroom is the ghost's head. You see that, brothers and sisters? That's why we need to pray for them because they're going to hell. We need to be long-suffering. We need to show love. We need to have an agape love that we're showing how Jesus Christ, the mind of Christ, loves creation. And he doesn't want to see them fail. And by doing this, we are walking as the Kodeshim. By doing this, we are being good stewards, brothers and sisters. Luke 12 Eight and nine, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Luke 12, eight and nine, brothers and sisters. I got off on a sidetrack right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke 12, eight and nine. Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man also will confess before the angels of God, before the angelos, the Zadikem Ruachem, the Abarunai Elohim. Whoever confesses me before men, him, the Son of Man, also will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. How many out there are confessing Jesus? How many out there are trying to spread the name of Jesus? Well, he's going to spread your name in front of the angels. Hallelujah. When a person becomes an, an element of love, they want everyone around them to know Jesus Christ. They want everyone around them to know the truth. As a matter of fact, the truth lifts me up. 
I was so happy when I finally found the truth. And then people get saved. They, they, we, we want all our friends and our loved ones and our neighbors. We want them all to be changed from a corrupted seed to an incorruptible seed. That's why we have to be born again because we have to, we have to be changed from a corrupted seed. Hallelujah to an incorruptible seed, brothers and sisters. So we want to tell everyone about Jesus. You will feel it bubbling inside of you. Last week I spoke about the belly, what's in your belly, and you need to fill your belly with the oil. The oil, so uh, Matthew uh, 25, the virgins, they had the oil. They were able to go in to the chambers with the bridegroom. They had their oil. Our our, our belly is the candle. Our, our eyes are the light. And 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 we 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 fill our bellies with the oil, and 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 then from our bellies, once that once that uh, 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 once the candle, once the once the um, the the oil in our belly, once it builds up and builds up and builds up, it overflows into our heart. It overflows into our heart, and in and in our heart, it, it gets in abundance, and then we will feel like pressure building up, and then we speak it out. Brothers and sisters, this is how we start telling people because you know the word of God is in you. You know the spirit is in you when you feel your be- your belly start bubbling and it and it goes into abundance in your heart and then out of your mouth will flow out of the out of the mouth will flow abundance of what's in the heart. And those that are wicked out of their heart out of their heart out of their mouth will flow wickedness. Those that are filled with the Holy Spirit out of their mouth out of their heart will flow the Holy Spirit. And your spirit will will flow. Um, the word will come out, and it will, it's like a two-edged sword, and it'll and it'll touch the people's hearts. It'll cut right right down in their heart. It'll cut right through their bone and their marrow, right through the skin, and it'll cut and it'll it'll go deep into them, deep into their inner being. Brothers and sisters, and then the Lord will bring someone to water it, and then they'll be watered, and and then next thing you know, they're 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 saved, and they want to know more. This is what it takes to be a steward of the Lord, El Elyon. Once we understand, once we are aware of a calling on our life, when we know we are over repeating and repenting the 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 the, the mistakes and the errors and the cares of this world, and we want to go higher, and you know. Brothers and sisters, the Lord wants you to go higher. I mentioned about two weeks ago, the Lord wants to take you higher. He wants you to be a steward. He wants you to be a good steward of his kingdom. He wants you to be a good steward of everything he's going to give you. So so uh, he can trust you. He's got to trust you, brothers and sisters, by being faithful. By being faithful in the little things, we show him trust. And by being able, by him being able to trust us, he will give you a promotion. That's how we get his trust, by being faithful in the little things, by showing our faithfulness to him, by showing that we're not going to cheat on him, by showing that we're not going to do things, try to do things in hiding behind his back. We're not going to try to lie to him. We're not going to try to shortchange him, brothers and sisters. We're going to be faithful to him so he can trust us in the big things, so he can trust us to be the 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 kingdom in the kingdom uh, of his kingdom that's going to come on the earth for the thousand years. He's going to want to be able to trust you. How do we gain that trust? We do it now. We start passing the test now. Okay? Once we get rid of the cares of this world, once we forget about the cares of this world and we want to go higher, then that's that's when he calls you higher, brothers and sisters. 
that's when you know when you start when you start living like this and i've and I've explained how you live like this, you see leadership is stewardship leadership is stewardship. some studies break down stewardship into four key principles we should understand the principle of ownership. The psalmist begins in Psalms 24 with the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. In the beginning of Genesis, God creates everything and puts Adam in the garden to work it and to take care of it. It is clear that man was created to work and that work is the stewardship of all the creation that God has given us. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus uh, 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 when Jesus overcame and was victorious over the enemy and took the keys back from the enemy in front of all his friends, he took the keys back and made a public display of him being embarrassed and being shot down, being kicked in the head by the heel. Brothers and sisters, the enemy was, was embarrassed and he lost the keys and Jesus took the keys and he gave us back the minute he gave us back the rulership and control. But we have to learn how to do this. We have to learn our authority, brothers and sisters. It is time we learn these things because he's calling us higher. Genesis 128, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. This is how you be a good, a good stewardship, helping others, giving to a good anointed ministry. This is how you are being a good steward. This is the fundamental principle of biblical stewardship. God owns everything. We are simply managers or administrators acting on his behalf. Therefore, stewardship expresses our obedience regarding the administration of everything God has placed under our control. You ever ever wanted to be an administrator? You ever wanted to be a supervisor, a manager? Then be obedient, okay, over everything that God has placed under your control, under my control, which is all-encompassing. Stewardship is the commitment of oneself and one's possession to God's service. Recognizing that we do not have the right of control over our property or ourselves, but it's God's. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. Uh, 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 salvation isn't, uh, isn't free. Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid with his life, brothers and sisters. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.17 we might say my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But Deuteronomy 8.18 counsels us to think otherwise. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to, uh, to produce wealth. Number two, the principle of responsibility. Although God gives us all things richly to enjoy, nothing is ours. Nothing really belongs to us. God owns everything. We are responsible for how, for how we treat it and what we do with it. While we complain about our rights here on earth, the Bible constantly asks, 
What about your responsibilities? Owners have rights. Stewards have responsibilities. Okay? Stewards have responsibilities. We are called as God's stewards to manage that which belongs to God. While God has graciously entrusted us with the care, development, and enjoyment of everything he owns as his stewards, we are responsible to manage his holdings as uh, his holdings well and according to his desires and purposes. Basically, the Lord wants everybody to get saved. And I use everything that I can in my power to try to reach out and do as much as I can to get people saved. Even, you know, I offend people. People don't want to come near me. People call me crazy. People do this. But see, they they didn't want Jesus around either. You see, Jesus was was not like Jesus was was uh, uh, was ridiculed and they hated him. So they will hate you too. Okay, so get used to it and learn to embrace it. Because you know what? The more they hate me, the more Jesus loves me. The more they hate me, the more I know I am chosen. Because they hated Jesus, so therefore they will hate you, brothers and sisters. So embrace it. You don't got. This is not a popularity contest. This is a a soul contest. This is not for famous and for popularity. This is about souls and eternity. The point is this: whoever sows sparingly, Second uh, Corinthians nine six or seven. The point is this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Luke 16.11, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you? To the true riches. Titus 1 7. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. Luke 12 42 to 46. And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household? To give them their portion of food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. Luke fourteen twenty eight. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? You see, that's part of being a good steward. You have to sit down and, and look at all the costs and, and decide and make a strategic decision on what you're going to do. 
Proverbs 13.22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. There's going to come a time, I believe in this here Jubilee year, where what the righteous, what the what the sinners have laid up for themselves, I believe is going to be transferred to the righteous brothers and sisters. Number three, the principle of accountability. A steward is one who manages the possessions of another. We are all stewards of the resources, abilities, and opportunities that God has entrusted to our care. And one day, each one of us will be called to give an account for how we have managed what the Master has given us. 1 Corinthians 4, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ as, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. First Peter, for in faithful he will have trust in you, brothers and sisters. First Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards varied grace. No man can serve two masters, for either, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he shall lean to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and riches. This is the maxim taught by the parable of the talents. God has entrusted authority over the creation to us, and we are not allowed to rule over it as we see fit. We are called to exercise our dominion under the watchful eye of the Creator, managing His creation in accord with the principles He has established. You know, I even go out and feed the birds because the birds have to eat too. So I I get, you know, bird feed and, and I got a little birdhouse and I got little things of water. I even go out there and feed the birds because the birds got to eat too. You see what I'm saying? That's being a good steward. We have to embrace the world around us, embrace the creation around us, you know, the Jesus made the birds. He's, we got the birds. We got the animals. We got the little doggy Dee Dee right here. You know, I, I try to caress and embrace my little dog Dee Dee, you know, and, and give her little treats and, and take care of her. You know, we have, this is being a good steward, brothers and sisters. And when the Lord sees you as a good steward and you're faithful, oh, your, your, um, your rewards, your inheritance, you know, when when it's time to to do our promotions in eternity and and the thousand year reign and to call on the the kings and the priests and the 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 princesses and the lords and the 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 rulers, it is going to be amazing, and you are in for some big surprises, brothers and sisters. So you you. You be the good steward. Be the Kodeshim that he has called you to be, brothers and sisters. Because we're going to give an account of how we have administered everything we have been given, including our time, our money, abilities, information, wisdom, relationships, and authority. We will give an account to the rightful owner as to how well we manage the things he has entrusted us. And number four, the principle of reward. In Colossians three, twenty-three and 24, Paul wrote, Whatever you do, 
Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving, brothers and sisters. The Bible shows us in the parables of the kingdom that faithful stewards who do the master's will with the master's resources can expect to be rewarded Wait a minute. Faithful stewards who do the master's will and the master's resources can expect to be rewarded incompletely in this life, but fully in the next, okay? Incompletely in this life, for these things are temporal. These things are only temporary, but in the life to come, in thy kingdom come, in the millennial year reign, in the thousand year reign, that's when we are going to receive them fully. That's when we're going to get the full inheritance, brothers and sisters. We all should long to hear the Master say what he exclaims in Matthew twenty-five twenty-one. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your Master's happiness. Hallelujah! What a what a wonderful father. Oh, Abba Aronai, I love you. As Christians in the 21st century, we need to embrace this larger biblical view of stewardship, which goes beyond church budgets. It goes beyond church, goes beyond four walls or building projects. In most cases, beyond the 501c3 government Catholic Babylon-controlled churches. We need to be faithful stewards of all God has given us Within the opportunities without within the opportunities presented through his providence to glorify him, serve the common good and further his kingdom, serve, be a servant of Yahavah, be a servant of Yeshua Mashiach, give your sacrifice and further his kingdom, brothers and sisters. <coughs> this is how we are the Kodeshim. This is how we are the chosen ones. This is how we enter into the inheritance, brothers and sisters. Do not work for the food that spoils, but work for the food that will never spoil. The food that will give you life forever. The Son of Man will give you that food. God, my Father, has chosen him to do that. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalms 98. Praise the Lord God. Psalms 98, verse 7 and 9. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord Father. Okay. Psalms 98, 7 through 9. Let the sea war in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He is coming, brothers and sisters. He is coming. Hallelujah. He is coming. Blow the shofar. Sound the alarm, brothers and sisters. For he is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. Hallelujah. Luke twelve thirty five to thirty eight. Praise you, Lord Jesus. 
praise you, Jesus. Luke 12, 35. Thank you, sweet, sweet Father. Luke 12, 35 through 38. Hallelujah. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for the Master. When he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so... Blessed are those servants who are serving. Blessed are the servants who are watching. For when he comes, he will tell you to sit down and eat. And he will come and he will serve you, brothers and sisters. Kodeshim, you, you ever notice when a president of a country goes somewhere? When he, when he enters, when he goes somewhere... Uh, there's an entourage, you got the uh, Secret Service, you got uh, some military things going on, you got the the uh, the ambassadors that go before him, you got the CIA, the ABC, the DFGs, you got all these people that go before him, in front of him, prior to him arriving, they, they scope out the area, they scope out the scene, they scope out the government to see what's going on. They look for the see, They look for the safe places to to bring their president, their leader. They they're looking for places to keep them safe. They're making sure that there's no dangers. They're making sure that wherever he's going to go, he's going to be welcomed. The entourage precedes him in the front, in the back, and the sides, brothers and sisters. You ever notice that when a president goes into a country? Well. We know this happens, right? We know this happens on the earth. Okay, so how much more in the spiritual realm? How much more? So when, when we know we're going to get a visitation, we know Yahavah is coming. Uh, he's going to send his his ambassadors. He's going to send his, his Zadikim, Ruachim, the Abarunai Elohim. He's going to send his Angelos, his, his Seraphim. He's going to send his angels, his, his archangels, Michael, Gabriel. He's going to send them to scope out the area, to prepare the place. He's going to send his vessels. He's going to send his men, his women. He's going to send us, brothers and sisters, to do his, to show his will, brothers and sisters. He's going to show us. Um, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to have his people go before us. You see, when the glory of God, the royal king of kings, comes to a place, the place has to be secured and prepared, brothers and sisters. The place has to be secured and prepared. If the people are filled with the world and doubt and unrighteousness, the Lord's not going to come to that. Yahavah, Jesus Christ, Abba Adonai, will not go to a place like that. Yeah, you know, he is he is the all-powerful, he is the all-sovereign, he can show up whenever he wants. But uh, let's look at the story of Jesus. When Jesus went to a town and they had no faith, he couldn't do nothing there. 
because there were no vessels. There was no one there that would pray down the kingdom. There was no one there that would that would sanctify the area. There was no one there with belief. There's no one there with faith. In some of these places, there's demonic darkness. The demonic realm puts a cloud of darkness, puts a barrier of darkness over areas so that so that the glory cannot go. When uh, Daniel prayed and fasted with the 21 days, the archangel, the, the angel uh, um, Michael couldn't go. Or Gabriel, I, I keep I always get confused on which one went down there. But the prince of Persia held him up. He couldn't pass. You see, there's there's demonic darkness realm. There there's 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 barriers. There's areas where these wicked rulers in high places and these princes of of, of darkness they 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 put a, a, a demonic darkness over an area. And and the and the and the glory cannot flow there. Okay, he he may be in, in people there. He may be in he he can be in their hearts. He can be in the people. Okay, and the the people in their prayer closet in their secret place. You know he can he can uh, go there. However, to a whole town or to a whole place, that's something different. And the demonic darkness, the unbelief, the unrighteousness. The sins, the abominations will hinder the Lord from going there. You see, that's what the Lord is waiting for. He's waiting for us to 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 be holy. He's waiting for us to sanctify ourselves. First John three. We 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 must sanctify ourselves. We can purify ourselves. We ask Yahavah Mechadashem. Yahavah Mechadashem, we ask him, Lord sanctify us. Lord, purify us. Lord, wash us white as snow. From scarlet red, wash us from scarlet red to white as snow, Lord Father. Lord, we want to be ready when you come. Lord, we want to be good stewards, Lord. We want to prepare the, this place. We want to prepare in the earthly realm. We want to prepare the area for your presence. We want to prepare the area for your coming, Lord Jesus. We want to be good stewards. We want to... We wanna, uh, yell it from the rooftops. We want people to know. We want to spread the word so that this darkness can be lifted, so that the, the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God can happen. If the people are hungry, desiring to be with the Lord, if they have purified themselves, the angels go out and they scout the area. The angels go out and scout and look and see are the people ready? Is, has the place been prepared? You see, the angels uh, uh, do. The angels listen to what the vessels of Jesus Christ say. The angels wait for us to to decree and declare, so they can go to work. The angels are standing by, and we re when we release them into the atmosphere, then they go. The Lord needs vessels on this earth to do His will. That's part of being a good steward, being part of the Kodeshim. So when it, when it's time for his glory, when it's time for the manifestation of his glory, for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God, for spiritual gifts and the manifestation of his powerful signs and wonders, his dunamis power, we have to be in a 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 place of righteousness. We have to be in a place where, where we have been purified. 
And don't get me wrong, he also can purify. And I'm going to show you in Isaiah what has happened. But he sends the angels out to go uh, scope out. He sends the angels before him. He has them all around him. You see, brothers and sisters, the Lord has his, his army all around him. And he sends them out as he deems fit. Let's look at um let's look at Zechariah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Zechariah, brothers and sisters. Praise Jesus. Oh, thank you, sweet Jesus. Oh, you're so amazing, Lord. Let's look at Zechariah chapter one. Zechariah chapter 1 Verse 10 and 11 And the man who stood among the myrtle trees Answered and said These are the ones Whom the Lord has sent To walk to and fro Throughout the earth So they answered the angel of the Lord Who stood among the myrtle trees And said We have walked to and fro Throughout the earth And behold all the earth Is resting quietly Let's look at Daniel 7. Let's look at Daniel 7, 9 and 10. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. He has thousands all around him. He's got so many people all around and they report to him. And they scout out areas and they scout out to see if there's belief, if there's faith, if there are good stewards in the land. If there's good stewards in the land to receive promotions. If there's good stewards in the land for the for the for the changes that are coming, brothers and sisters. If there's good stewards in the land that are worthy of the gifts, worthy to be chosen, worthy to, to go out and heal the sick. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is calling you tonight. The Lord is asking you. The Lord is pleading with you. Will you rise up to the call? 1 Kings 22 and 19. Then, then Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by on his right hand, on his left hand. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Psalms 103 and 20. Praise Jesus. Psalms 103 and 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. You see, brothers and sisters, we are his ministers. He needs us to do his pleasure. He needs us to be good stewards, brothers and sisters. We have to do his word. We have to heed the voice of God's word as it is spoken through the earth, 
as it is spoken through the saints on the earth to minister on God's behalf, to do God's pleasure. Because as we minister here on the earth, the angels are released. The angels have to go to work, brothers and sisters. There is power. The Lord gives us power. Jesus makes us his ministers, his kodeshim, his vessels. And as we decree and declare his words, the angels have to the angels have to go out and run and do the work, brothers and sisters. You see, this is why the enemy wants to distract so many people so that they don't understand what our true calling is. So that so he wants us fighting with guns and knives so that we're not fighting in the spiritual realm. Because when people understand how to fight in the spiritual realm, once we unleash our authority and the power that he gives us in the spiritual realm, the enemy will flee and things will begin to happen. Look at CERN, brothers and sisters. Look at CERN, okay? Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm only going to say that CERN is shut down. They don't know what happened to CERN. Uh, back in November, uh, I heard it was shut down very quietly. They didn't say nothing. Nothing was, was, was really said in the media. They didn't really broadcast anything. All I'm going to say is CERN, for right now, has been shut down. Can't no more portals be opened. Okay? The prayers of the saints availeth much, brothers and sisters. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And when you come together in a group, in a prayer group, in a battalion, or, or, or however you want to call it, there's power. There's immense power there. And when you all pray in one accord, there's immense power. You start to throw out missiles. You start to throw out ICBMs, surface-to-air missiles, and they hit the target. They hit the target every time, brothers and sisters. This is why the enemy wants people fighting in the in the carnal, in the carnal realm. Because once we go higher and we start fighting in the spiritual realm, oh, he doesn't like that. The barriers, their protection walls, the protection walls around the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers are coming down, brothers and sisters. They're going to be compromised and vulnerable. You see, these people have been putting up these walls and barriers for I don't know how many generations. And now we've learned how to knock them down. And we're going to knock them down, brothers and sisters, down to the ground. Hallelujah. Matthew 18.10 Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What? Hold on a second. Matthew 18, verse 10. Take heed... That you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels, whose angels? These little ones' angels, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Isaiah. Now let's go to Isaiah 6. Praise you, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaiah 6, brothers and sisters. Reading, starting in verse 6. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, 
which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it. Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Let us back it up a little bit. Isaiah, um, right here, Isaiah, after King Uzziah died, Isaiah had a, uh, a mighty um, uh, revelation from the Lord. The Lord showed up. And and Isaiah saw the Lord, the Most High, the the radiant one, the bright one. And you see, when the Lord shows up, when you when you finally um, understand how the Lord shows up and how He is everywhere and He sees all things, when the lights go on, the cockroaches scatter. When the lights go on, when His radiance goes on, we see ourselves and the mistakes that we have made. And we feel broken, we feel ashamed, we feel embarrassed. So this is what happened here in Isaiah 6, verse 5. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You see, when the when the light turned on, he saw how he was unclean. He saw how he was living in a town that was unclean, brothers and sisters. And then when he said that, and he and he 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 testified to his iniquity and his uncleanliness, uh, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, "Behold, this has touched your lips." Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Brothers and sisters, Isaiah had iniquity in his life. Isaiah had iniquity in his being. When when the Lord, Yahavah, showed up, and the light showed up, and it, and it turned on the lights, and Isaiah felt unclean. He felt his iniquity, and he wanted to be clean. And and one of the seraphims took a coal and flew to him and put his, his the coal on his lips and purified him. You see, brothers and sisters, even when you feel the most unworthy, even when you feel the most iniquity in, in your life and the enemy is condemning you, Isaiah, the Lord, Yahavah, the Most High, the King of Kings, showed up, okay, after King Uzziah died. He showed up, and he purified. He took the coal to his lip, and he purified him. Remember, if you're faithful in a few things. So what this tells us is Isaiah was not 100% perfect. He wasn't 100% blameless. He had iniquity in his life. And even at this point, he saw the light. He showed up, okay, in all his glory, okay, and in four, verse 4, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. And you see, and he still had to get purged of his sin. Brothers and sisters, he still had to get purged of his sin. Right in the presence, right in the presence of the Most High El, Elian, Yahavah. 
Even in the presence he had iniquity And he was purged of his sin Brothers and sisters Everything that I've said up to now That 1 Corinthians uh, 13 Matthew 25 Matthew 20 All these verses on stewardship on, On all these things Do them Okay, you don't have to be perfect. Just do them. Just try with all that you try with your heart. Uh, uh, worship Him in spirit and in truth. Okay, He sees your heart. He knows you want to do right. He knows you want to worship Him. He knows you want to be a good steward. He knows you want to be of the Kodeshim. He knows you want to be of the righteous seed. He knows you're doing the best you can. He knows you're asking for forgiveness. He knows you come to him in a contrite heart and he will purge you of your sin. Even in his presence, he will purge you in his sin and he will transform you and he will forgive you and he will change you into a son of God. His presence will manifest in you so you will be a son. You will be a daughter of God, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. He will purge you just like he purged Isaiah right in his presence. A seraphim came, took a coal, and brought us to his lips, and sanctified him, and purged him, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah! What a merciful, mighty, patient God we serve, brothers and sisters. He purged him right there. Right now in America, there's a lot of concern. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of oppression. The attack on the saints is becoming more and more obvious every day. The enemy is trying to make us fear. There's a threat of there's there's a threat of this and there's a threat of that, brothers and sisters. However, we don't react the way the world reacts. We don't react the way the world wants us to react. We don't give up. We don't we we don't stop doing what we got to do, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Let's look at Isaiah 6. Verse, uh, let's look at Isaiah 6, verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord El Elyon. He said, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then I said, here am I. Send me. And he said, go and tell this people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is calling us to go out there and tell the people, whom whom will the Lord be able to send? Will he be able to send you? The call of God, the leader traits. What did I say? Leadership is stewardship. The leadership traits, one of the tasks of the Holy Spirit is to call godly leaders in the kingdom. All men and women are called to God, but only a few respond, brothers and sisters. And only a few listen. Look at what it says in Isaiah 6, 9. Keep on hearing. They, those that, they keep on hearing, but do not understand. They keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy. Yeah. You can tell them, you've been with the Lord, you've seen the Lord. You're going to go tell them, you're going to go wake them up. You're going to tell them about it, but they're still not going to hear. They're still not going to understand. You can tell them all the proof in the world. You can show them all the proof in the world. You can show them what it says in the Word of God. You can show them, you can you can uh, 
correlate the stories in the media. You can show the stories of the RFID and the and the and the RFID chips and the chips in the cards. And you could tell them about the ISIS and the, and the beast technology and the beast system. And the, you can tell them all this stuff. And they still won't hear you. They still will have a hardened heart. Their ears will be heavy. Their eyes shall be shut. Lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. That's why we got to pray for them because they'll still not hear you. How many out there have have been trying to reach out to the people and it seems like they get offended? Brothers and sisters, this has to happen. You see, the judgment of the Lord, the wrath to come, it cannot come until the Lord has warned and warned and warned and the people still choose not to obey. And the people still choose not to do what is right. And the people still choose to do abominations on the earth. And the people still choose to do wrong instead of right. They choose evil over good. They choose bitter for sweet. They choose darkness for light. He was telling Isaiah, they're not going to hear you. They're not going to understand. They're going to still want to be in their lives. They're still going to want to do the things in their flesh. Brothers and sisters, but it's okay. We have to sound the alarm. We have to let them know. We have to be good stewards. Because once once we have yelled from the rooftops, once we have turned green from town, once the watchmen have warned and warned and warned, and then the wrath shall come. And then the great day shall come. Most churches have lost faith in the power of prayer. Most people minimize the power of prayer, brothers and sisters. You see, most Christians are living at such a low spiritual level, such a low level that we don't that they don't even realize the great ability. They don't realize the great ability and the honor and the great power, the dunamis power we have in prayer. Events can change through prayer. And it's and it is possible. We can be optimistic, brothers and sisters. We need to be thinking positive, brothers and sisters. We need to get to the place, beloved, where we realize we are not a small, little, insignificant child of God, of El Elyon. You have been changed to immortality. You have been converted into the glorious spiritual butterflies that he's called you to be. Go on, fly around and and spread the word. Yeah, they might... Uh, uh, they might offend you They might run away from you But we need these things to happen For the wrath to come We need to be purified and sanctified So the Lord can come get His sanctified saints Brothers and sisters You have been changed to immortality You have been converted Into glorious spiritual butterflies The spirit being in you is different Than the majority around you And you have a power in you that the world recognizes and is afraid of. And that's why the world will always persecute the church. Those that are tender-hearted will see it and they'll want it. Those that are evil-hearted will see it and they will hate you, brothers and sisters. In Isaiah 6, 9, they will keep on hearing, but they won't understand 
They'll keep on seeing, but they won't perceive. Make the heart of the people dull and their eyes, their ears heavy and their ear, their eyes, and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. There is still hope through our prayers that they can return and be healed. Some of them might not accept it, but if you're filled in the Spirit and you're a good steward, the seed will get planted. If you've been praying for them and interceding for them in your prayer closet, there's still there's still the there's still the power of prayer that can soften their hearts for the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, oh Jesus, have mercy on them, Lord Jesus. Oh Father, have mercy. Isaiah sixty one. This Jesus, this is this was they were talking about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When you're feeling heavy, when you're feeling attacked, when you're feeling burdened, when you're feeling oppressed, when you're feeling condemned, put on the garment of praise, brothers and sisters, for the spirit of heaviness. Start praising and worshiping the Lord. And you'll see how the chains are going to be broken. You're going to see how the Lord is going to set you free. And you will be free indeed. Hallelujah. For the enemy keeps his, the enemy keeps his servants tied up and chained up. He only speaks little, little revelations to them. One, one bit at a time to keep them chained up and locked up. But our Lord and Savior gives us freedom to be stewards. Gives us freedom to be good stewards over what he's given us. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Praise Jesus. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy. Praise you, Lord Father. What a mighty God we serve, brothers and sisters. Are you going to be a good steward? Are you going to take up your cross and follow him? Are you going to do what he needs you to do right now? You're not late in the game, but you are right on time, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. You are a holy people. You are the Kodeshim to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you. To be a people for himself. You that are listening. 
you that are listening in the archives, he has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of the peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of the Pharaoh king of Egypt. Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful father. You see, brothers and sisters, there's going to come a time there's going to come a time where people are going to be, it's a great and terrible day of the Lord. It says that, that there's going to be things that, that happen that, that, that even the strongest will have a faint of heart, brothers and sisters. You see, either you're going to be filled with faith or you're going to be filled with fear. The things that are coming on the earth, if we're still here and the Lord still has us doing a job for him, we're going to be filled with faith. Those that have not prepared themselves spiritually, faithfully, obediently, they're going to be filled with fear, brothers and sisters. You see, the Lord has told us what is happening. We have been forewarned. We know we have the knowledge of what is to come. We have the knowledge of what it says in the word of God of what is to come. We've seen little things here and there of what is to come. Genesis 6. Uh, Luke seventeen twenty six to twenty eight, uh, uh, we've seen this in the scriptures. The Lord has has showed it to us. The Lord has revealed this to us, brothers and sisters. We have prepared ourselves uh, spiritually. That's why I come on here on the Lord's hour to prepare you, to get you prepared, to get your armor, to get your weapons of warfare shined and ready. To do spiritual warfare My calling has been here To teach you spiritual warfare Brothers and sisters I've been teaching this spiritual warfare Since 2013 Brothers and sisters And the Lord is calling you now Because you know the truth You know what is coming And you need to be filled with faith You need to be a good steward Be filled with faith Because those that are going to be filled with fear they're gonna they're gonna seek out people like you. When when we're if we're still here before the Lord comes, they're gonna seek out you. You see, that's why I feel like it's not late in the game. It's not late in the game because in the last minute, when all hell is breaking loose, and we're and if we're still here, there's gonna be such a great a harvest because there's gonna be such a shaking going on. That people are going to look for the light shining at the top of the hill, which is you, the good steward of everything that Yahweh has given you. And you're going to be shining brightly and they're going to come to you. And they're going to need what you have. They're going to need to know the glory. They're going to need to know the power. They're going to need to know the love. They're going to need to know why you're shining so brightly. And they're going to want to shine like you. They're going to be done with the darkness of this earth. And they're going to want to know the trueness and the newness of life, brothers and sisters. So that's why we got to be filled 
because we're not going to be overwhelmed. We already know what's coming. We've been forewarned. So you're going to either be filled with faith or you're going to be filled with fear, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 6, verse 11, And then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant. The houses are without a man. The land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men from far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it. Yet a remnant will be in it and will return. Hallelujah. There will be a remnant left over. There will be some left over. I believe uh, maybe those in the J- those left over from the time of Jacob's troubles, uh, maybe they'll be left over. Maybe they'll be the tenth left over because I believe the bride is going to be gone. The bride of Christ will be in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then I said, how long? And Yahuwah had removed men far away, and there would be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. There's going to be a great falling away. But yet in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be in as a trail, as a tail tree, and as an oak whose substance is in them. When they cast their leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. There's still going to be a substance. There's still going to be a seed of the Lord. Because the Lord is mighty and powerful. <clears throat> Are you going to be part of the Kodeshim? Are you going to maintain your stewardship? Are you going to be faithful? Because he's calling you, brothers and sisters. He is calling you right now, brothers and sisters. He is calling you to be part of the Kodeshim. <clears throat> Luke 12, verse 35 and 36. Luke twelve thirty five to 37. Let your ways be girded and your lamps burning and yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Or surely I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Brothers and sisters, what a mighty day that's going to be when the Lord comes and he finds you watching. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, brothers and sisters. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful God we serve. I received a, a word from my, my minister, my pastor, my spiritual father, my mentor, my beloved pastor. I received the word from him this week and I posted it on the appearance ministry. Uh, but I'm going to share it with you, brothers and sisters, because it is time. This comes from the throne room. This comes from Augusto Perez. Um, and he wrote, it is time. And and he gave Romans 13. Let's go to Romans 13. You might want to highlight this verse, because this verse is a powerful verse. And it brings up something that might many people might not know of. Hallelujah. Romans 13, starting in verse, um, Romans 13, starting in verse 11. Praise you, Jesus. And that knowing the time that now is high time to awake of sleep. For now is our Yahushua Mashiach nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. 
the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. The armor of light. We have here an armor of light, brothers and sisters. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, and envying. but put ye on the Adonai, Yahusha Mashiach, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Now is high time, brothers and sisters. Now is the time to put on the armor of light, brothers and sisters. It is time to wake up. You have been hidden away for a long time. You needed this time to be ready, transformed and prepared for the battle ahead. The time has come. The Lord is calling you into the battlefield. It is time to put on your armor. Take the weapons that he has taught you to use and go out there. Do not be afraid for the Spirit of the Lord will be with you every step of the way. You will encounter situations that you have never faced before. But you will be led by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. He will show you what to do. Do not wait any longer, for the King of Glory needs you. There are many crying out for Him, many who do not yet know Him. You must go and bring them into His kingdom. Go and lead them into His presence. Selah. Wow. Are you going to be a good steward, brothers and sisters? Are you going to rise up to the calling that's on your life? Are you going to join us in the Kodeshim? Are you going to put down the lusts of the flesh? Are you going to put down the carnal matters of this world? And are you going to pick up your cross? And surrender your life daily. Daily advancing the kingdom of Yahavah. Taking the weights off now. We need to take the weights off now and run the race. We need to take off the weights that so easily ensnare us. And run the race now, brothers and sisters. We have to put on the armor of light. Because the people out there, the people out there are dying. They are decaying. Brothers and sisters, they are decaying. Brothers and sisters, we have to have the armor of light on us. The Lord needs you. The army of Yahavah needs you. He needs the vessels here on this earth to pray the kingdom down, to pray the angels to move, to pray the release of the kingdom of Yahavah Sebaot. Yahavah needs us. To pray these things into this realm, brothers and sisters. Will you do this? Will you answer the call, brothers and sisters? 
Will you say yes? Hallelujah. I'm going to play a song and then and then we're going to come back here and we're going to we're going to pray. Hallelujah. But let's let's hear a song. This this is a song that's so beautiful. Some uh one of my brothers posted this week one of the a sister showed me this song a long time ago and um it's been such a blessing and it's so beautiful. And and this is what the Lord is is trying to tell you now. This is what the Lord is trying to to ask you now. Looks like some folks have had it with their airline credit card miles. Okay, not the um not the commercial. <laughs>
troubles for a while now but they are helping us gain an eternal glory that glory is much greater than the troubles when you have a problem that goes on and on with no end in sight see it as a wonderful opportunity an ongoing problem is like having a leader who is always by your side if you are willing you can learn so much from your trouble Ask me to open your eyes and your heart to all that I am doing through this problem. I may be teaching you patience or persistence. Perhaps I am strengthening your faith or your courage. And then thank me for the lessons you are learning. When you can be thankful for a problem, it loses its power to drag you down. In fact, your thankful attitude lifts you up into heavenly places with me where you see the situation from my point of view. This lets you see your problem as a small, temporary trouble that is helping you gain an eternal glory. Blessings that will never end. 
And though Adonai give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not your teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers, and your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left, Brothers and sisters, the Lord is calling you to higher ground. The Lord is calling you for your higher calling, for your destinies. I have laid it down what the Lord has given me to teach, to show you. I myself have learned many lessons through these teachings. And I thank the Lord and, I, and I'm humble enough to be a part of this, to be a part of your lives. Let us go to the Lord now in prayer. Let us let us talk with the Lord and let us accept our calling in our lives. And if there's anything that you want to repent of, go ahead and repent to the Lord. If there's anyone that wants to go to the Lord for the first time, if there's any backsliders out there, it's not too late. It doesn't matter. Look what the Look what I read in Matthew 20, the the parable of the workers. There was only one hour left in the working day, and that one that came in last was made first, and he was given the same as those that had worked all day. You can still, there's still much work to be done. There's still a large harvest out there when the shaking comes. And the Lord will will use you. Will you say yes? Will, will you say yes to accepting him into your heart as your Savior? If you want him in your heart as your Savior, say, Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Lord, I'm sorry, Lord Jesus, for everything I've done wrong in my life, Lord Father. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, that that brutal, brutal, brutal death, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, Lord. Thank you for washing me white as snow, Lord Father, by the blood of the Lamb. Wash me white as snow, Lord Jesus. Lord Father, change my corrupted seed to an an incorruptible seed, an eternal seed, Lord Father. Change me from this carnal mortal to the immortality, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I just want to know you more, and I want to follow you more, and I want to know more of your kingdom, and I want to advance your kingdom, Lord. Lord Father, receive me, Lord. I love you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for your love. I thank you for everything you're doing, Lord. Thank you for your salvation, Lord Jesus. For the backsliders, just come to him. He will forgive you. He is the mercy. It says in Psalms 147.11, The Lord delights in those that fear him and those that have hope in his mercy. Do you have hope in his mercy? Well, then he delights. He loves you with an agape love. He is a father of a huge house. 
He's not gonna. He doesn't want to kick you out the house. He's not gonna kick you out the house, but he will discipline you. He will. He will. Um, he will discipline you, and he he will uh, show you the way you need to go. But he loves you, and he wants you to come back, and he wants you to turn your life around. He wants you to be a good steward, so that you will be a good steward, faithful in the little things. So that he can promote you into the bigger things in the, in, the, in the new kingdom The new dispensation of the glorious kingdom Go to him In contriteness It says in Psalms 51 In a contrite heart the Lord delights The Lord delights In a contrite and broken spirit Go to him In a broken and contrite spirit Crying to him Asking for forgiveness And he will forgive you because he loves you Lord Jesus I thank you Lord For all my brothers and sisters In the Lord's hour I thank you for this time I thank you for the brothers and sisters In the chat room Lord Father I thank you for Jesus Christ Thank you for all that he's done Lord Father And Lord Father right now Lord Jesus I nullify I dismantle I forcefully oppose Any curse Hex Vex, Wiccan, Coven, any spoken word, any incantation of any wizards, warlocks, witches, Wiccans, Covens, against any of my brothers and sisters, against the Kodeshim, against the brothers and sisters of the Lord's hour, Lord Father. And I cancel them right now and I renounce them, Lord Father. I cancel them by the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. And I return it back to the head of the center so they can know that they're messing with the wrong people, Lord. And maybe there will be some salvation in it for them. Lord Father Holy Spirit I love you for your Word tonight I, I thank you Abba Adonai I love you I thank you for your son Jesus Thank you for the Holy Spirit Go with us now Go before us tomorrow Creating tomorrow into a peaceful day Go before us tomorrow And give us a peaceful day tomorrow Lord and let us meditate on you daily Let us meditate on you Lord Father let us be ready, Lord Father, for your calling. Lord, make us, purify us. Yahavah Mechadeshechem, purify us now. Sanctify us now. Prepare us, purge us, so that we can be ready to walk into our new destinies. So that we can walk into your calling, Lord. While the world will be in fear, we will have faith, Lord. Fill our bellies with the oil. Fill our bellies with the oil, Yahavah. Give us the oil. You are the storehouse, Lord. We come before you now asking for the oil in our bellies, Lord. Fill it. Fill it, Lord, right now. Fill it, Lord Jesus. Lord Father, Lord Father, fill it so much that our cup runneth over, Lord Father. Fill it. So that our cup runneth over with the oil, Lord Jesus. Fill our cups right now. Fill our fill our bellies with oil, Lord Father. Fill our containers with oil, Lord Father, so that it overflows, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, so that it overflows, Father. Let it overflow, Father. Open the floodgates of heaven, Lord. Fill our containers so that it overflows, Lord Jesus. So that we can be filled, so our hearts will have the abundance. And so when we speak,
speak, it flows out like a river of living waters, healing, setting the captives free, Lord Jesus, delivering the people out of the demons, Lord, that are that have covered them, Lord Jesus. Get us ready, Lord Father. Speak to us now. Tell us what you want us to do. Give us a clear, give us clear messages. Give us clear guidelines, Holy Spirit. For you are the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Multiply your presence in us now, Lord. I ask it in Jesus' most mighty name, Yeshua Mashiach. And I seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb. I seal this prayer by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. And all God's children say, Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope you enjoyed tonight's teaching. I love you. God bless you. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of the weekend. May the Lord keep you safe. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Shalom, shalom. Much love, much love. Shalom. Hallelujah. Before you came, and it was just one problem after another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about I then I got an expert on, uh, unlike I do research for overseas uh, in a lot of areas. Uh, my ministry is mostly to ladies, to women, and uh, I like to free women from bondage that they are under, and they are un- under bondage also in Christianity. I have to say that, uh, and I don't mean it badly. And when I say that I am a believer in equality of women, I get accused sometimes that uh, I am a feminist. And I guess I would say, I am a feminist, I'm a Christian feminist, because I believe that Jesus himself, and Apostle Paul even, was a feminist. I do believe that. And why do I say that? Because I did my research. I was uh, I went into Greek language, and privately, I'm not a scholar in Greek. If you want to call me scholar, then call me scholar music theory, because I understand music theory. Well, I was teaching at college at one point, so yes, okay, you can speak about music history theory. But as far as Greek, my passion and my passion for Christ since the day that He came for me. I really needed to know my own identity as a woman. How God views me and how does He think about me? Because in Watchtower, uh, men have told me that my spiritual husband are basically elders in the congregation. They didn't tell me my spiritual husband is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It was men that were my spiritual husband. And uh, I was supposed to be under obedience to these men, and these men were taking me very wrong direction, and I gave them my trust, because they brainwashed me, believing that they are my husband, I mean spiritual guidance, and I believed it from all of my heart, until the day that Jesus came to me, and when he came, he freed me, and the bondage left me, and I knew that all I need is Christ, and we as women, are definitely not under men. We are under Christ. And I am trying to tell these two ladies, even after leaving Watchtower, I went to many churches. I did get baptized in one non-denominational church, which that was a completely awesome day. 
And I'll never forget that day of my baptism in that church. However, this particular church also believes that women are under guidance, spiritual guidance of men. But I truly do not believe we are under men. We are, we are definitely under Jesus Christ. And I'm trying to call women to understand that their men may be in a false religion. I mean, my ex-captors were definitely in false religion. They were all men. It's a male-dominated cult. And they were taking me wrong direction, wrong way. And he was blind, leading the blind. And we know that they're going and where they're going to watch our leadership. They're taking people away from Jesus. So when people say that I'm a feminist, I want to make sure that you guys understand the difference between Christian feminism and, and, uh, and pagan feminism. Just like if everything is good or bad, the feminism can be good or bad. And uh, in Christian feminism, which is bringing women back to their place next to men as equals. In pagan feminism, we bring women above men. We speak badly about men. We look down on pagans. You know, this is pagan feminism. We have nothing to do with it. In Christianity, we believe that men and women are equally fallen and they are equally redeemed by one master, and that master is Jesus. So, but anyway, I hope I entertained you. Now, this is just a little introduction for uh, my husband will take over really soon because he knows more on the biblical side of things. I did a lot of research. Still, anti Christ be the Muslim. Yeah. Now, if you lived hundreds or 500 years ago, this question would have no meaning for you at all. Or you would answer this question with a resounding no. Why? Because Christians of the past, they knew the identity of the man of sin. And they knew that he is already among them. We are all waiting for one man to come, a mysterious man to come. But maybe we forgot that he's already here. And he has been here. And yes, there will be one last Antichrist, the one last man. But the Antichrist is being here even at the time of Paul. That he already said that he's already here. And he was prophesying of times, of very dark times coming ahead. Now notice what some of the Christian leaders of the past said. And they have no doubt in their mind who the Antichrist is. Okay? And please forgive me some of my English mispronunciations. So I will try my best. John Wycliffe, is that the right way to say that? Okay. When the Western Church was divided for about 40 years between two rival popes, one in Rome and the other in Avignon, France, each pope called the other pope Antichrist. And John, John Wycliffe is reputed to have regarded them as both as being right. <laughs> two halves of Antichrist making up the perfect man of sin between them. <laughs> Martin Luther. Who doesn't know Martin Luther? You all know Reformation? Okay. We are here, well, we, we here are of the conviction that the papacy is the seed of the true and real Antichrist. That's what he said. Personally, I declare that I owe the Pope no other obedience than that to Antichrist. 
taken from the well, it's taken from the prophetic faith. I'm not going to uh, give you my uh, sources. Please just read them out there, okay? I despise an attack if an Indian false. It is Christ Himself who is condemned therein. I rejoice in having to bear such ills for the best of causes. Already I feel greater liberty in my heart. For at last I know that the Pope is Antichrist and that his throne is that of Satan himself. And Mr. Captain Mather, uh, Mather, maybe, he was a congregational theologian. I have problems with English names. Today I want to teach you about the manifest presence of Yahweh called His glory. Uh, this is the message that Holy Spirit um, gave to me. He said, I am a shield all about you. My glory is upon you. My glory will draw people to repentance and salvation. And he said, teach them about my glory. So today that's what my teaching is going to be about, is the glory of Yahweh. So let's look at the word glory in scriptures. The Hebrew word for glory is kabod. And it means um, a weight, but in a good sense. It is also the splendor of his presence in a bountiful way that's very apparent and it evokes honor, worship, and praise for those who are experiencing his glorious presence. Um, so I want to take you to um, quite a bit of scriptures. So it's going to be a journey today through, uh, through scriptures um, where Yahweh and Yeshua's glory is manifested in an outward way. Um, his glory appears in scripture as fire, um, as a cloud, as smoke, sometimes as a shaking, and other times um, a loud uh, sound. So the question is, why is the glory of Yahweh um, so important, and why does Holy Spirit want me to teach you on his glory? Well, Holy Spirit gave me his answer when he said, every time that the glory of the Lord appeared in Scripture, there was always a message from Yahweh. And I never realized that until I started searching the scriptures. So let's journey through those scriptures and let's see where the glory of Yahweh appeared and let's um, investigate the messages that he had when his glory appeared. So first let's start in Exodus uh, chapter 3 verse 2. Um, it says that Yahweh um, appeared to Moses in the burning bush as fire. So we see the glory of Yahweh um, as fire in the burning bush but it never consumes the bush. The message from Yahweh was this, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. Exodus 24, verses 12 to 16, Moses went up to Mount Sinai, and it says that the glory of the Lord covered the mountain, and there was a, a cloud that uh, covered the mountain, and there was also fire that was burning at the top of the mountain. The message from Yahweh was the law. He gave Moses the law, or the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 13, 21 to 22, it says that there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that went with um, the people of Israel and it rested over the tabernacle in the wilderness. And um, the cloud and the fire was the glory of Yahweh. And what was the message of Yahweh? It was when the cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night moves, that means I want you to move with me. 
Let's look at Isaiah 6, 1-4. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up on his throne, and he described um, the Lord, um, and he said that, uh, that the place shook, and that the place was filled with smoke. Okay, so the smoke and the shaking also was the glory of the Lord when Isaiah saw him high and lifted up on his throne. What was the message to Isaiah? He said, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? In 1 Kings 18, 20 to 40, on Mount Carmel, um, Elijah called down fire from heaven and the fire consumed not only the sacrifice but all the water that was poured um, over the sacrifice and it also consumed the rocks and the dust. That fire was the glory of Yahweh. And what was the message of Yahweh? It was this, that this people may know that I am the Lord God and that I am turning their hearts back to me again. Second Chronicles 7, 1 to 2. When Solomon uh, finished dedicating the newly built temple, it says that fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice, and it says that the glory of the Lord filled the temple. It said in Scripture that the glory was so thick that even the priests couldn't even enter into the temple. So what was the message of Yahweh? He said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself, as a house of sacrifice. Let's move to Ezekiel, the entire uh, chapter, chapter 1. Uh, Ezekiel saw a great cloud, it says, with raging fire engulfing itself. Then he describes the four living creatures and the throne of Yahweh. Um, last, he describes, um, he says, the likeness of a man, which was, we know, Yeshua, um, and he says, this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So Ezekiel knew that this was the glory of the Lord. What was the message of Yahweh to Ezekiel? He said, son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. As for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. You shall speak my words to them. Luke uh, 2, verses 8 to 11, it says that the shepherds were in the field and they were keeping watch over their flock. And it says an angel of the Lord appeared to them and it says that the glory of the Lord shone about them and it says they were terrified. What was the message of Yahweh? He said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. In Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 5, Yeshua took James and John and Peter up to the mount, and it says that he was uh, transfigured into his glorified body, and it says that um, his face shone like sun and his clothes were as bright as light. And then it says, then a bright cloud um, overshadowed, overshadowed them, and out of the cloud um, they heard a voice. And this was the message of Yahweh. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. We see in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, that the disciples of Yeshua 
were in the upper room um, praying, and it says that there was a loud sound and that tongues of fire rested upon each of their heads. This was the glory of the Lord upon them. And it says then in Scripture, they, then they began to speak in other tongues as Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Peter stood up and he spoke these words from the prophet Joel, which is the message from Yahweh. And it says, he said this, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says Yahweh, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved next we're going to move to Acts chapter 9 verses 1 to 6 Paul the apostle Paul was um, uh, at that time he wasn't an apostle he was persecuting the uh, the Christians he was killing them and he was on uh, the road to Damascus he was heading there to um, arrest more of the Christians and along the way, the glory of Yeshua was manifested to him as a bright light from heaven. What was the message of Yeshua? He said this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I am Yeshua, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And then lastly, we have Revelation 1 10 to 16. John was on the island of Patmos, um, and, he, and it says that he was. it was the Lord's day, and he was in the Spirit, and he heard a loud voice speaking to him. And when he turned around to see who the loud voice was, he saw Yeshua, and John describes Yeshua in this way. He said his head and his hair were like wool and white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as it is refined in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. You see, John was seeing Yeshua in his glorified body, and notice that it says that Yeshua's eyes were like fire, one of the manifestations of his glory. What was the message of Yeshua to John? He says this, Whatever you see, I want you to write in a book, and I want you to send it to the seven churches um, which are in Asia, and we know that everything that John recorded was recorded in the book of Revelation. So what I want to do is I want to summarize now all these messages that accompanied the glory of Yahweh. When you hear them all put together, it truly is still a message for today because that's the beauty of the Word of God. That is the beauty of scriptures. Um, the Word is an ageless and timeless truth. So this is his glory message for today. <clears throat> Some of it I've paraphrased, but nonetheless, it is all of the messages that he gave throughout Scripture. I am sending you to bring my people out of Egypt, out of the bondage of the enemy. I am giving you the Ten Commandments, knowing you will not be able to fully keep them in your own strength. But the commandments will show your need of the Savior. In the meantime, when the cloud by day or the pillar of fire at night moves, that means I want you to move with me. That means I want you to move with Holy Spirit. Whom shall I send, and who shall go for us? I am sending you to my children who are rebellious. 
Whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious, they will know that a prophet has been among them. To those who are rebellious, I say, Why are you persecuting me? I am Yeshua, whom you are persecuting. I am the Messiah. I want you to know that I am the Lord God and that I am turning your hearts back to me again. I have poured out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters, they are prophesying. Your young men are seeing visions. Your old men are having dreams. On my men servants and on my maid servants, I have poured out my spirit. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call to my son Yeshua and he will save you. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. I have heard your prayer of repentance and have, and have chosen you as a vessel for me to reside. What I am showing you, I want you to write in a book and proclaim it to my people. So um, after this, um, the Holy Spirit took me to Isaiah uh, 61 to 5. And I want you to pay attention to what this scripture says because it talks about the glory of the Lord. So let me read Isaiah 61 to 5 says this. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Now, after I had uh, read that scripture and I announced it out loud, this is what Holy Spirit, this is a message that Holy Spirit gave to me, and this is a message to you. He said, Child, my word is living and active and powerful. When you read Isaiah 61 to 5, you release my word to happen. When you declare this word, not only are you declaring it for Israel, but you are declaring it for my sons and daughters who have inherited salvation. My glory shall be seen upon my children. Along with my glory, my children will deliver my message. The lost, the downtrodden, the deceived, and the rebellious people will see my glory upon my children. When they see my glory resting upon those who are mine, they will fall to their knees in repentance. My children will deliver my message of salvation through my son, Yeshua. My glory will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. This is my mercy going forth in these last days. Tell my people to prepare to carry my glory. And, you know, when he said that, I said, how, Lord, how do we prepare to carry your glory? And he very distinctly said this. He said, get filled with my word. Repent of all your sin. Be pure vessels to carry my glory and my word.
My husband was doing some research um, on the internet and he came across um, a video of a 15-year-old Israeli boy who had a near-death experience um, and he felt um, his soul um, lifting up um, above him and as he looked down he saw himself laying on the bed, on his sick bed, and he was taken up into um, the lower part of heaven and he was shown things in the lower part of heaven and also in um, parts of hell. And that's not the part that I want to focus on. I want to focus on what he saw um, regarding the end times. And so I will provide a uh, link to the full video of this Israeli boy being interviewed by a, um, a rabbi in Israel. And um, he's speaking in front of Orthodox Jews about his um, experience and what was revealed to him during this near-death experience. And so what I'm going to um, read to you was taken directly off of the video um, which he spoke of, and he speaks in Hebrew in the video, but they give English subtitles. So at the around the 28-minute mark of this video, if you'd like to see it for yourself, and I'll include that link, this is what uh, was revealed to this uh, young Israeli boy. He said that he was shown things that were going to happen in the world during the end times. And he said um, he understood that Gula, which in, in Hebrew means rede redemption or deliverance, and the revelation of the Mashiach, which is the Messiah, is going to happen very soon. He said it is imminent. He said um, that this redemption is really coming. He said like in the coming months, it's coming very soon, he said. And then he continued um, to say that very bad things are going to happen um, during this time. And if we would all repent, then the bad things that are going to happen during this redemption um, may not happen. And this is what was revealed to him when he had this outer body experience during his uh, near death. He said there's going to be a very big war, and he said the whole world will be involved. He said all the Goyim and all the Arabs will come against the nation of Israel. Goyim um, are the Gentiles. And he said the person who will start the war will be somebody named Gog. And then he was revealed that Gog is Obama. He said Obama will start the Gog and Magog war. And he will bring his whole army. He said he will start the war here and will fight against Israel. He said at first the whole world will want the nation of Israel, and he said they're specifically wanting the Jerusalem. And he said everyone's going to be fighting each other at first before uh, they come against Israel um, because they're all fighting for Jerusalem. And he said all these bad things are going to take place um, in, in two weeks, meaning in a two-week period, not two weeks from now, but in a two-week period. And he said, in those two weeks, he said, more than a few million people would die. And he said, the only thing that will save people is if they repent. And he said, if a person learns Torah or the law and performs acts of kindness, that will save him from this thing. Um, he said, at first it will be a war between soldiers. He says, but then everyone is going to unite and, and they will all fight against the nation of Israel. And he said the IDF will manage to keep um, this, uh, these nations um, at bay for two days. 
And um, he said, then everyone will kill us, meaning the Israelis, and we won't have anyone to rely on except for the Holy One of Israel. He said, Iran will join Obama, uh, the whole UN, Russia, South Korea. He said, 70 nations will um, gather together and they will all fight against Israel. And then the rabbi asked him, well, where is ISIS and all of this? And he said the ISIS um, will kidnap people, um, the Israeli people, and they will torture them just like they did um, Galad uh, Shalit. And um, then he was shown um, something that was, uh, which was really awesome. He said that um, the Mount of Olives next to Jerusalem will split in two. Um, and he said the second that the mountain splits in two, the Mashiach will be revealed to everyone. The Messiah will be revealed to everyone. Uh, and he said that, that the Messiah will stand at the entrance to this, um, th this uh, valley after the mountains split. And he's the one that will be able to say who can enter and who cannot enter into this uh, valley. Um, he said anyone who doesn't um, have merit to enter will have to stay outside and die. And then he was speaking to the rabbi, and he said, you know, he said, on Mount of Olives, he says, where there are graves. And, and the rabbi sh shook his head, yes, because there, there is a cemetery right on the Mount of Olives. And he said, he saw two dead people come back to life from these graves. And he said, he said that was like one from here and one from here. And he said, um, and then when those two people rose from the dead, that's when the mountain split in two. And then he began to reveal about the Mashiach. Now, I can say I watched the whole video, and um, in the whole video, he was never revealed um, that the Mashiach, the Messiah, is Yeshua, but this is what he was revealed about uh, the, Mashiach, uh, the Messiah. He said, first of all, it's someone who can't sin and who didn't commit any transgressions. He said, from what I understood, he said, lots and lots of people know him. And I was excited about that because, because he is correct in that because there are a lot of people that know Yeshua, um, you know, because he's our Savior and he lives within us. And he said, um, but he said, everyone will be very, very surprised that he, of all people, is the Messiah. And, of course, we know that the Jewish people are going to be very surprised when, um, when they find out that, that Yeshua, the one that they pierced, um, is truly the Messiah. And he said, and now, um, uh, and, and he said, now this Mashiach, this Messiah, he said, he will fight against Obama. And not only that, he will kill him and bury him in the land of Israel. And he said, and I saw at that moment that um, the Mount of Olives splits in two, and then the Messiah will stand at the entrance, but he's not going to see who's religious who has a beard and who a person is, what he will see is he will see according to a person's holiness. And he will smell each person and he will smell if you have the aroma or the smell of holiness and if you are pure and if you did acts of kindness. He said the Messiah will not see if a person really has a fear um, he, he'll, he'll, excuse me, he said the Messiah will see if a person really has a fear of heaven and not just a fear of punishment. And he said he won't say these words, here you are, and because you have a hat and because you have a kippah, so that's the reason that you can go in. And he said it's not like that. He said well, he will have a certain power 
that he will be able to feel what is truly inside every person. And when he spoke these things, then the the rabbi began to question it. And the boy's name was Nathan. And he said, are you a yeshiva student? And he said, no, I'm not a student of, of, of uh, yeshiva. And he said, have you read books about this? And he said, no. He said, I only knew this when I was taken up out of my body. He said, that, and, I, and I was taken up for 15 minutes when I had that experience. And he said, I did not know those things before this. And so he's never studied Torah. He's not studied the Bible. This was just revealed to him while he was there. And what's the other, what, what also is very interesting is the day that he had this near-death experience was September 28th of 2015, which was that super blood moon, that fourth blood moon of the Tetrad that was seen over Israel. So it's very interesting that he was revealed these things um, um, on that very specific date. Um, so then uh, the rabbi said, um, I'm going to read you a scripture. And so he read Ezekiel 39.11 to the boy, and the boy said, yes, that's exactly exactly what they said to me, exactly. So what I want to do is I want to read to you um, Ezekiel, a little more of Ezekiel, so you can understand that what this boy was shown uh, certainly is in the Word of God. So in Ezekiel um, chapter 39, uh, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read verse 1 to 11. So if you want to open up your Bibles and follow along with me, it says this. And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshech, and Tubal. And I will turn you around and lead you on, bringing you up from the far north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will knock out the bow of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops, and the peoples who are with you. I will give you, I will give you to birds of prey of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall upon the open field, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. And I will send fire on Magog and on those who live in security in the coastlands. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So I will make my name holy, um, known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Surely it is coming, and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out, and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shield and buckler and the bows and the arrows and the javelins and the spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the field nor cut down any from the forest because they will make fires with the weapons, and they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, sends the Lord God. It will come to pass in that day that I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel. So the very thing in and excuse me in Ezekiel 39:11 is what the boy was told that the Lord that the, the Messiah will fight against Gog and he will bury his body in Israel. It says it right there in Ezekiel 39:11. Uh, um, and so um then, then the um, uh, rabbi said, um, I'm going to take you to another scripture um, that shows that what you have seen is in the Bible. 
And so he um, went to Zechariah uh, chapter 14, verses 3, and I'll start, I'll read it there. And it says, Then the Lord will go forth and will fight against the nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it towards the south. Then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach Azal. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of, of Uzziah, the king of Judah. And when the rabbi read that scripture, Nathan's eyes got really, really big. And he says, Did, does it really say that in scripture? And the rabbi said, yes. And so... Um, then the rabbi began to ask him, he said um, uh, to, to Nathan, he said, um, did the Lord uh, uh, reveal to you or was it revealed to you when this would happen? And this is what Nathan said. He said, um, it will come in a boom. First of all, um, it has already started. And then the rabbi began to question him. He said, what do you mean it's already started? And he says, according to what I saw, this all started on the 27th of Elul, which is September 11th. 2015 and he said what will happen is one day everything will explode he said something will happen to cause everything to escalate and he said you will know that um, that it is the end he says because everyone's going to be saying that World War three has begun and he said then people are going to say there's no time left and he said that everyone will understand that it's God who is responsible for this. So I also want to share with you um, what the Lord just gave to me today, which is five days after I've watched uh, this video. And after I watched the video, I, I, I felt such a strong unction from Holy Spirit to do this video, and that's why I am doing it, is, is to share this word that this 15-year-old um, boy was given. And this is the word that the Lord gave to me just today. He said this, no matter what happens in this world, just know that I am with you. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He said, do not fear, my little children. Come to me to find rest for your soul. He said, these things must come to pass as they have been written about by my prophets of old. He said, I'm coming soon. He said, prepare your heart. Purify your heart through the washing of the water of my word. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.